Jason with Down Podcast. I'm with Jaden and Dan Jerry. We are Meyer of the Rockwell Chargers Podcast. Glad to have him on today to talk some Los Angeles Chargers football and some very interesting things we're going to talk about there. But uh, before we get started, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, every podcast platform. Also, make sure you check out uh, David's work on Rockwell Chargers as well. So, David, yeah, uh, the Chargers, man, uh, they finished 10-7 last year, uh, went to the playoffs, uh, they missed yeah. it the year before, right? Um, and they were up 27 to nothing against the Jags in the wild card, and then they, they pulled the lead. And then, you know, so they get eliminated, and now we're in all season, another year of what feels like um, uh, not, you know, re- not reaching expectations under Brandon Staley. So what, what is the the vibe out of the Chargers, and can you kind of recap 2022, and, you know, is he on Nazi? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, definitely a very interesting couple of years under Brandon Staley, who, you know, came to the Chargers as a first-time head coach, right? He was the defensive coordinator of the Rams, and, you know, still very young in his NFL journey. I mean, even now, you know, being a head coach for, for two years, you're still learning. There's still so much that you're trying to get accomplished, and there's been a lot of turnover, but as far as 2022 is concerned, coming off of a 9-8 and eight season the year before, yeah, the Chargers went out in free agency and spent a ton of money, like a ton of money. They signed J.C. Jackson to a big contract. They brought in Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson that they paid top of, of the market defensive lineman money to. Um, they re-signed you know, some guys as well. They brought back Mike Williams to a, a, a pretty big contract. And so, yeah, there's a lot of expectations going into the 2022 season. Um, you know, the Chargers were, again, one of those sexy picks to, you know, be a Super Bowl contending team. But, I mean, everything looks good on paper. I mean, all the teams are happy with what they have when they go into the season. Everybody's full of uh, excitement and hope. But then the just actuality of the NFL starts to play out. And that's the fact that you're going to have players that get injured and you're not going to be able to control it. You're going to have to weather the storm and the teams that do that the best are the ones that are going to find themselves standing alone at the end. And so it started very early for the chargers dealing with significant injuries. They lost Rashawn Slater. They're all pro left tackle. Joey Bosa's missed the majority of the season. Keenan Mallon, one of the best receivers in the league also missed a, a large portion of the season. They had their center going in and out of business. So they had to weather a lot of really significant injuries to key players on both sides of the ball. And, you know, they were very fortunate to be able to find themselves in, in a position to clinch a playoff spot. There's some controversy involved in, in the coach, you know, playing players in a meaningless game. And, and that resulted in Mike Williams getting injured and not being able to participate such a commanding lead it's horrible but when you do it in the playoffs it's amplified so much more because everyone is watching you the entire united states is watching what you do and fail in that particular fashion it's gonna sting and it's gonna hurt and the chargers find themselves in a position where yeah brandon staley doesn't look good in that situation but the chargers really have a pattern on how they handle head coaches they usually give them three to four years four years pretty much automatically they are not a franchise that makes hasty decisions they don't make knee-jerk reactions they don't fire coaches in the middle they just don't do that and so 
is Brandon Staley on the hot seat? I would say there, it's definitely getting warm. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that the, the flames have started to, you know, ignite quite yet, but the person who is really more so on the hot seat is the general manager, and that's Tom Telesco. Tom Telesco has been the GM of the Chargers for a decade. He has two playoff wins in his in, under his belt, no championships, and uh, unfortunately in the front office, the way you get measured is by wins, losses, and championships. And unfortunately, the Chargers have not won enough games, and they have not won any championships. So if the Chargers don't do well this season, and they don't make it in, in the playoffs and win playoff games, then it won't matter about Brandon Staley because the guy who employs him and who, who hired him is going to be out the door, which means that he's probably going to follow him out the door as well. to see what they're trying to do to stop you and adjust. And Kellen Moore shown the ability 
to do that in his tenure as an offensive coordinator. So that marriage with Brandon Staley and with Justin Herbert could mean big things for everybody involved. And you got to think about this. If Kellen Moore does exceptionally well and is the guy that is able to unlock the vast potential of Justin Herbert, he could very well find himself as a head coach sooner rather than later. And, you know, Kevin Moore, you mentioned the way he's going to get out of Dallas in the passing game, and they've had a great passing attack the past couple of years. So, actually, yeah. um, just haven't been able to, you know, get it done uh, in the playoffs. But they, their offense has been great. You know, they yeah. the league is scoring, I believe it was um, last year. You yeah. know, so it, it's, you know, you're bringing that dynamic. And, they, like I said, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, yeah. you know, and uh, they re signed Jalen. Um, Jalen Guyton, yep. Jalen Guyton, yes. To the contract, so you bring him back. So um, I, I just uh, Chargers, man. You know, like they have so many talented players, man. They do. Uh, the defense is is good. Um, talented players there. Well, yeah. They used to- uh, <laughs> say, the, the running, their running, uh, their run, run defense has been atrocious the last couple of yeah. years. It, it's yeah. been it, it's been horrible. And I mean, honestly, it kind of mirrors on the offensive side because teams knew they could run the ball at will against the Chargers, and, and you know when you can't get stops it's really difficult. You're going to keep your defense on the football field a lot longer than you wanted to. You're not going to be able to get those turnovers to get the ball back to your offense. And it makes it a lot easier. I mean, hey, if teams can impose their will like that on on the ground, then like I said on what the Chargers are trying to do offensively, they can do that to you, which is be really creative and really effective with their play-action game. And that's something that uh, really hurt the Chargers because they gave up a lot of explosive plays, 40, 50 yard pass plays, and a lot of 20 plus yard yard rushing plays. And that was a you know just just direct byproduct of their inability to stop the run. Yeah, um, so uh, let me ask you this now Keenan Allen, you know, yeah. he's such a talented player, such a talented yeah. receiver mm-hmm. in the league when he's healthy. Um Mike Williams also, you know, uh so I mean for you feel like, you know, with uh, those two guys, you know, I mean, the injury issues, I mean, like at some point, I just don't know. Like, I mean, I, I think there's a little bit of recency bias in there when we're talking about injuries because last year, Keenan Allen did miss about nine games from a hamstring injury. But before that, he played five straight seasons and he played 16 games in every single one of those seasons, basically over a thousand yards, over a hundred catches. So I think that narrative for, in particular with Keenan Allen is something that is really more attributed to recency bias. So I have to just put that out there right now. And I'll also, I feel like that's the case because his game is more timeless. He does not win with just pure raw speed. He sets you up with a very creative and, and very nuanced release package, his ability to create separation off the jump because of his quickness. And he's a route running savant. He just, he absolutely kills any type of route that you ask him to do, which makes him so, and also his understanding of, of accessing the soft spots in the zone on defense makes him so incredibly tough to have to cover on third downs. He is a absolute demon on third downs. And you saw that even last year, if you projected his stats over the course of the season for the games that he played, it would have been over 120 catches and over 1,400 yards receiving. So he's still incredibly productive. And because of the way he makes his money and he earns his living, his game is a lot more timeless. Now, when you look at Mike Williams, 
Mike Williams plays a completely different style of game at receiver. He's a big body wide receiver that goes up and mosses guys. And the way he plays the game, he can make those circus catches. And he was relied upon in a lot of those situations where the Chargers had to go make a play. He was the guy that was able to do that. But man, when you come down crashing and, and you you know you land on your back and you land on your shoulders, that's going to be you know something that's going to lead to injuries just inevitably. So the style of game that he plays is just it's a, a very volatile one. But they complement each other so incredibly well because of the way they do their business. Keenan is a, a very new in nuanced route runner, and Mike is a big physical presence that can go up and get the football when you need him to. So a great pairing. Um, yeah, with Mike, you know, like I said, it's just the style of, of play that he, you know, brings to the table. That's why you have to be a little bit worried about injuries with him. But he's such a tough player. He's fought through a lot of those injuries and, and still went out there and found ways to be productive. So injuries are something you have to worry about every single year, but that's why the depth of your football team is important. And I expect them to carry more wide receivers this year as opposed to years past because they kept an extra spot for a third quarterback, which I don't expect them to do this season. So there's going to be more wide receivers on the team, which is going to be better. You need that that uh, that just really good rotation to be able to keep everybody fresh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they've had a talented receiver the past yeah. few years. I mean, you know, like you said, of course, the two the two headed monster right there, Allen and yeah. um, Williams, and then uh, Josh Palmer in the slot, which is really, yeah. you know, I mean, I remember him. Uh, Ripping up my Falcons uh, last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just go out the slot. Just, just hit the middle of the, middle of the field. Just constantly over and over and over. Yeah. Um, so, but um, it, now we'll also Eckler. Now he requested a trade, uh, yeah. obviously. So, what's been the whole um, deal with him and uh, why did he want out of LA? Why did he want to leave the Chargers? It's all about the money, baby. Uh, it's all about the money. So, when you look at the, the highest paid running backs in the NFL, the top five or six of them are making over $10 million per season. The large majority of running backs are making around $6.25 million per season, which is what the running back who got the highest paid contract this offseason, that's how much they got per year, which is $6.25 That is exactly what Austin Eckler is already making on his current contract. And when you have scored 38 touchdowns in the last two seasons, which is grossly more than anyone else in the NFL, you expect to be paid accordingly. And so there's a lot of respect on all accounts for this situation. The Chargers respect Austin Eckler. They understand his position, but they also understand from a business perspective that we're not going to pay you that money. It's just, it's not going to happen. That's why, and also not only are we not going to pay that money, but no one else in the league is going to be want to pay that money over a, three or four year span when we're talking about a running back that is 28 years old is looking for a multi-year extension so not only do you have to provide draft compensation to the chargers for what they expect austin eckler is worth you're going to have to give austin eckler a brand new multi-year contract at the amount of money he's looking for which is probably in the 10 to 12 million dollar range that is not going to happen. That's why there has been nobody to, to come out to be able to trade for Austin Eckler because that market dictates that teams are not going to do that. What is more than likely going to happen in this situation is that Austin Eckler is going to finish out his last year of his contract playing for the Chargers, and then he will be able to seek and explore free agency after the fact. Charge, 
players in the NFL, they have to play at least six games of a season or else they do not get credit for an accrued season and their contract will toll an additional year until they fulfill those requirements. So at this point in time, unfortunately, Austin Eckler has very little leverage in this situation. He is under contract. The Chargers don't have to do anything. They allowed him to seek a trade out of respect of who he is and who they want him to be and who, you know, what they, what he has done for the organization. But like I said, the most likely situation is he's going to finish out his contract with the Chargers and go explore free agency after the year. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned he's 28 years old. You know, so yeah. Kind of entering that, that area. In that danger zone. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. running back starts to kind of deteriorate. You know, you see yeah. it with, uh, with Zeke. I mean, so yeah. that, you know, so. And Zeke's a, a different player than Zeke. I mean, he didn't take quite the amount of pounding that Zeke. I mean, Zeke's more of a running between the tackles type, type of, of running back. And Austin just isn't that type of guy. I mean, he can break tackles. Don't get me wrong. He's yeah. Yeah. incredibly strong, pound for pound. You know, one of the most ridiculous athletes in the NFL, but he just doesn't play his game that way. Yeah, more of a scat back type of guy. Exactly. Uh, yep. The monster catch along back. Oh, just, yeah, he could, he could start line up at, at slot receiver for pretty, you know, about 25 teams in the NFL right now and, and be extremely productive. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to be interesting to see. You know, like you said, more, more than likely he's going to stay with the Chargers play out yeah. last year in his contract. Um, yeah. We'll just, you know, see how that ends up for him. But moving on, so I'm sure you heard the news as all uh, the NFL world has heard that Jalen Hurts got his contract extension, man. So five years, $255 million, $179 million guaranteed, highest paid player in NFL history. Um, For average annual value, yes. Not not overall dollars, obviously, but yes. Yes, so um, what do do we think about this man? Uh, Was it his earth? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's deserved. I mean, he—that's just the going rate for for starting quarterbacks right now. I mean, that every year this you know this market is going to get reset. You know, you have you have guys that are going to be earning that money, like Daniel Jones, which is insane. Because he's had one good year in the NFL and. They decided to pay him, which I, I don't understand. But I mean, that, that's another conversation for another time. Deshaun Watson got forty-six million dollars per season. Now that uh, I do see as an anomaly, no one will ever give another guarantee, fully guaranteed contract to any other player in the NFL, uh, probably as long as we as long as we live. So uh, the NFL owners are going to conspire against doing that. That's never going to happen. So never going to happen again, I should say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he deserves it. He's on a, a great football team. He's a, a great leader. I think he's a great athlete. I still think he can develop a little bit more as a passer um, and not rely on running as much as he has. Obviously, he's a very talented runner as well. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, congratulations to him. Uh, I'm kind of upset that the Chargers didn't get their contract done with, with Justin Herbert before this contract got done or Joe Burrow's contract gets done. Um, because, I mean, those things are foregone conclusions. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And so this is going to dictate, this is going to be the floor of the negotiations for the Justin Herbert contract and the Joe Burrow contract. So both of those guys uh, are going to eclipse that number. That's just the way that the business of the NFL works. But, yeah, I mean, congratulations to Jalen, him and his family, and the rest of his family line will be taken care of for life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a blessing. Um, and so... Now you mentioned other quarterbacks, and 
Lamar Jackson, I should mention. Uh, yeah, definitely in the same same boat. Yeah. I mean, you know, this this has been something going on this whole offseason. You know, the oh, yeah. Bears and, and you know him and the Ravens right now. They get Odell, so we're thinking like, okay, maybe he might come. You know, but yeah. we're still just from what I understand, they're still at a standstill in the contract yeah. talks. Um, and I heard they offered him something similar to this in September. Yeah, he turned it down. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly w- w- what Lamar is looking for. I mean, that that's a, a, just an unbelievable amount of money. Now, he has already came out and said that he's not looking for a fully guaranteed contract, which, I mean, hey, believe what you want, but people put narratives out there all the time. Agents speak, and they say things for a reason. So I don't, you know, it's really impossible to know what to believe right now, uh, but no, like I said, no one else is getting a guaranteed contract. So hopefully that's not what he's looking for. I mean, Lamar is an incredibly special talent. Uh, there's no question about it. What he is able to do on the football field uh, with the ball in his hands, he's just one of the rare athletes um, that our, our, our league uh, gets to enjoy. And so hopefully, you know, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, they get something done because having him on the field and playing is better for the game. That's just, that's a fact. Yeah, man, I agree um, so, now, do you personally think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, eventually they'll, they'll get things done. Uh, I mean, they understand, especially after how the end of the year ended for the Ravens and how they were kind of in a position to you know, at least challenge for a playoff spot, and then they just crumbled. You know, having to you know play with a talented backup, but a backup nonetheless. Um, you know, with, with Tyler Huntley, but that just didn't materialize to where, you know, they, they could get to the playoffs. And again, that's, that's the bottom line. It's all about wins and losses. This is why we're all here. This is why they pay these guys this amount of money. So they understand how important he is. Uh, they already have that offense kind of built around the style of play that Lamar Jackson brings to the table. So I do think this will get done. I don't know if it will happen anytime soon. Um, just because it seems like their both sides are pretty dug in, uh, but I do feel like this is something they'll eventually get done before the season because they understand how important Lamar is, and if they want to win, Lamar Jackson has to be a part of it. Yeah, he sure does. If they want to win, um, yeah. So our last little segment here, uh, David, and I just want to get your eyes on this. Where do the Chargers stand right now, as far as you know, the draft is coming in less than two weeks. Um, yeah. Where would you say are some spots that the team might be looking to address? Um, this year in the draft and some players they might be interested. Yeah, so um, for the Chargers, they're probably top three priorities that they're going to be looking at is speed wide receiver. Um, yeah, they brought back Jalen Guyton, which is, which is great, and he is a, a, a legit speed threat. He's a four three guy, but he's more of a linear speed a linear speed guy. He doesn't have a lot of the wiggle and shake and and the twitchiness. Like he's not that type of speed guy. So I think that's the type of athlete they're, they're going to have to look for to try to bring into the fold for Justin Herbert. Because, hey, when you got a quarterback that talented and you don't have a guy that's able to go get a 65, 70-yard pass that he can unleash, then you're not doing Justin Herbert the right justice. you got to get him the right skill position players to be able to bring out the best of him. So I expect them to target a twitchy type of speed wide receiver. Also, they need to add to the tight end room. I think that they can get better there. I can. I think they can add some playmaking ability in, in that uh, realm. And they need to add to their edge room as well. I, I think last year showed you 
how important it is to have quality edge play when Joey Posa was not able to go out there and play alongside Khalil Mack. Because, I mean, that was that was the whole vision, was having Khalil Mack on one side, Joey Bosa on the other side, and, and having those guys just wreck shop. But when Joey went out with, with that significant injury, they had to play a guy named Chris Rump, who just was not able to provide them anywhere close to the same type of production. And it was kind of a liability against the run because he's an under undersized type of, of guy. But um, that, those are kind of the three main um, positions I expect them to target. Also could use a linebacker. Also could use a, another offensive lineman for depth, um, probably a corner just because Brandon Staley is a defensive minded head coach and has stayed, stated on multiple occasions that as long as he is the head coach, that he will be looking to add corners. Um, also a returner type guy. Those are probably the, the, the type of guys that they're going to be looking to add in this draft. So a guy that comes to mind like a Zay Flowers in the first round would be a perfect target because of his twitchiness, his ability, his stop and start ability is second to none in, in this class. Um, he is a, a pure playmaker. If you're looking you know, for something maybe in the middle rounds or in the second or third round, Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma is another option. A guy that brings that just straight, you know, four or three speed. Also a guy that has some, you know, just some dog in him, uh, which I, I really, really like um, bringing that attitude to the table here. And then if you go edge, you know, maybe a guy like Nolan Smith would be a really good option. He's fantastic against the run. Also has ability to bend around the edge, get behind that pick in the first round. And then this this draft is littered with tight ends uh, that you, that could be productive at the NFL level. Guys like Michael Mayer, guys like Luke Musgrave in the middle rounds, like Schoonmaker uh, in the middle rounds. I mean, there's tons and tons of tight end options that you can find production up and down this draft. So the Chargers are probably going to be targeting those positions when we uh, turn on the draft next week. Sure is. Um, you know, you mentioned Zay Flowers, the guy that I'm really uh, impressed with. Like you said, yeah. his speed, just the way he takes top of the defense, the twitch yeah. he has, you know, the great yeah. route running. Um, he's a he, he is a very uh, talented player. You know, so I expect a lot of teams to be interested in him. I'm interested yeah. in where he falls, but he would perfectly fit the Chargers offense. Yeah. Um, a lot of mocks have have him going to the Chargers. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens, man. The draft, yeah, is coming up soon. So. Um, it's the biggest crapshoot in the world, man. Everyone thinks they know what's going to happen at the draft, but nobody ever gets it completely right. So the drama of the draft is always the funnest part. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, man. But um, that about wraps up for today. David, thank you for joining us uh, again. This is David uh, Jarmeyer of the Lockdown Charters podcast. You guys can check out his work there on uh, on Charters, on Spotify, where we get your podcast, also YouTube, I believe, as well. So yeah. you guys can check us out here. Same thing. YouTube, uh, Spotify, every podcast platform. We're going to be constantly uh, giving you content here as we move throughout the offseason and closer to the draft. We'll have a lot of content here, and we'll um, have David back on, too, uh, very soon. So uh, thank you, David, for your time. My pleasure, man. Uh, I can't wait to jump back on with you, man. Take care. Yes, sir. You, too.